0: Welcome back to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Anne, and I'm here with my co-host, Sarah. Hello. We're so glad you guys are joining us today. Thank you so much. And I also want to thank you guys. You've been doing a fabulous job subscribing and telling other people about our wonderful podcast because here at the Aesthetic Podcast, we are all about education, information, therefore empowering you, the listener. So it's a jungle out there with these kinds of treatments and things that is non-surgical and surgical treatments but today we're going to continue speaking about oh well I might want to silence my phone How about excuse that? me we're on a professional set <laughs> can we can we silence our phones? man I was on the roll too let me just keep rolling girl just keep rolling okay. I think what you're saying on is, airplane mode yeah okay I think what you were trying to say is what were you trying to say <laughs> What I was about to say is, speaking of aesthetic treatments, non-surgical, our guest today, I'm very, very excited and honored to be able to introduce to you one of the Injector extraordinaire, I and I'm going to say master injector, although that is not a true title. Um, but that's a personal title. That'll probably be
1: one of the things we're talking about today. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <not gonna> <laughs> so, so there's her voice, Miss Sonia Ellis, Injector Hello. Extraordinaire, and Welcome. I'm just so happy to have you on. Thank you for joining us oh, today.
1: Thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me. You're, I was really excited when um, you asked me to do this. So we. You know, we've known each other for a long time, and when we get together, it's just so easy to talk about everything, so let's see what we can get into today. Oh,
0: I love that. So tell us how y'all met. Oh, I was just about to say that. We have have known each other, well, it's interesting. We've known of each other for a while, because in the, you know, aesthetic world, especially in the aesthetic injector world, we tend to hear of each other, or we run into people at trainings, or sometimes... Um, people train us or we train other people. It just kind of, we tend to know each other, but we did not actually get to meet in person until we went to ISPAN, which happens to be International Society of Plastic and Aesthetic Nurses, by the way. And both of us do have a certification, which I do try to stress is a real certification. We didn't just make it up, but Sonia is double certified, so why don't you talk about that just real quick, Ms. Sonia, but before you talk about the certification, do give just a little brief background about how you got into aesthetics and things like that.
1: Okay. Um, well, hi, everybody. I'm Sonia Ellis. I'm a uh, certified plastic surgery and aesthetic nurse injector here in the Southlake DFW area. Um, I've been a nurse for about 20 years now, gotten to aesthetics around 15 years ago as post-op recovery, uh, started injecting about 12 years ago. And then, you know, most of my patients in this area have been with me for about 10 years. So I'm pretty, you know, solidified in my market. So very happy where I am. Um, and Anne, we did meet at iSpan. That's where we got to know each other um, I kind of more in depth, I would say,
0: uh, yeah, but yeah, remember I would agree. we
1: first met when you were fighting the law change, thank you very much for that, by the way, because oh. <laughs> I knew you helped spearhead that and you kind of got all of us, Texas nurse injectors together, on the same page and um that's that's a feat and into itself so thank you very much for that but it was remember we needed the telemedicine and you were very instrumental in that so uh thank you very much for that that was awesome
0: well thank you I appreciate that and I I would be remiss because I it was truly a team effort and it started with Renee Monchetto down in Houston and and also Aaron spoused So they were extremely instrumental in putting that together. And then I just kind of about three months came in later. But, yeah, it's it's I'm, – I'm really glad that we did that. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's – it's, it's
1: like it, it was good. It was very good. It got us all – all of us nurses together. And, yes, I think that we should all uh, work together rather than against each other. So, yeah. Um, I yeah. really enjoyed meeting you at ISPAN. I think it's one of the best conferences. I think it's one of the best um, kind of business partnerships for us as nurse injectors to be a part of. Uh, they're one of the only certifying bodies for a- a- aesthetic nursing and plastic surgery nursing. So all these people out here that say they're an advanced injector or a master injector or any of that stuff, I, I just wonder how they know that that's what they are. You know, it's, it's kind of just made up words and made up terms and
0: it's all marketing girl. It's, (laughs) I call it smoke and mirrors marketing. That's all it is.
1: It's a little crazy to me. So, um, you know, I kind of try to, I try to, I try to educate the patients about, you know, what, what initials mean and what that means for us and just try to teach them what to look for as far as finding a good injector.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, yeah, as I mentioned, it can be a lot of smoke and mirrors. And one of the main, one of the main things that I try to educate people on is number one, ask what the credentials are. So because people are saying, I'm a cosmetic injector, I'm an aesthetic injector, um, if they're not using the name or the word nurse or they don't have the credentials registered nurse or or RN after their name. So I try to remind people that as nurses, we should have name tags on. It should have our name and it should have our credentials. And if you're in an office or any kind of setting and somebody is about to you know work on you and they don't have a name tag on, first of all, ask them, if they do have a name tag, and if they don't, that's okay, because sometimes I forget mine. I know, me
1: too, I was going to say. And if, you, <laughs> and if you do ask me, I'm probably going to be like, oh, thank you so much, let me get it out of my drawer. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> sometimes we forget to put it on,
0: but like, yeah, yes, I but agree. it should have <laughs> RN or registered nurse. Now, there are cases, LVNs or LPNs, um, that can inject. And, and so for the public, for the listener, Right now, I'm speaking specific to, to Texas because um, every state can be different on this. But right now, yes. and some, I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this. You know, people are going to send me email and stuff like this. But you, you guys, I have, I have like word from the man <laughs> at the Texas Medical Board. We won't get into that. But basically, you want to make sure that your person has some kind of nursing degree. And you know, if they're an LVN or LPN, they actually need to be working with the physician in the office, whereas Sonia and myself and other registered nurses, we can practice autonomously away from the office using telemedicine, telemedicine just like she mentioned. One of the things that I would like to, I, I think that maybe we might miss sometimes helping to educate the consumer is we keep tell, telling them, well, they have to be an RN, they have to be an RN, they have to be a nurse. But maybe why? I think we kind of forget, you know, you and I are the ones that struggled and sweat through our nursing classes. And, you know, we know what's covered in our license, but not only our nursing classes and and the skills classes and the things that we took, but before that, we had to go through anatomy and physiology. And I think that people don't understand that these aesthetic treatments that we're doing require a a pretty a fair amount of knowledge a fair amount of knowledge not only of anatomy which is extremely important for injecting but also physiology because of contraindications or disease processes that people may not connect that you know oh i have this disease process but it doesn't matter and so do you want to touch on that a little bit because i i do think that that kind of gets lost with people understanding that estheticians have none of that
1: well, they have some. I'm not going to say that they don't get basic anatomy and physiology um, in their cosmetology or aesthetic schooling. So I'm not going to take that part away from them. It's just they don't get the depth and the breadth that nurses uh, do. And then, of course, there are some of us that have gone back and gotten our bachelor's. We've gone back and gotten our master's. You know, a lot of us are getting our, you know, postgraduate um, advanced practice degrees uh, so that we can have more autonomy, you know, in the room. You know, most of us, want to be able to assess, diagnose and formulate a treatment plan. But getting back to the anatomy and physiology, I completely agree with you. I actually had, um, we'll say a disagreement on social media recently with an esthetician that thinks it's fine if they uh, are injecting. And, um, you know, she, I was pretty much saying what you were saying. I was like, listen, I don't mind if you want to inject. I really don't. Anybody who wants to inject, I want them to be able to inject. You just have to do it the right way. You know, go, go back to nursing school go and get those that anatomy that physiology those 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 extra hours that you need to make yourself the safest injector for your clients and she pretty much said you know my husband is a physician i'm a, you know i need to stay home with my kids um you know i'm paying my dues by by, uh, you know, advancing my husband's career and staying home with my children. And I said, I said, that's funny because my husband is also a physician. Um, I also had children. Um, And I also went back to school now three times while I was a working mother and wife. And so, you know, I, I did pay my dues and I just want everybody else to do the same. Not because I'm like, I had to do it. So you had to do it. I truly think it is the safest thing for the industry.
0: Yeah, well, and it's also the law. <laughs> That's yeah, right. and it's
1: also the law. Yes, yeah. and you know, I, I'm worried about the patients. You know, I am a you know, I, it's about the law, and um, it's just what's going to be safest. And you know, I mean, if we don't if we don't keep our standards high, you know, what if the needles get taken away from even nurses? You know, if we don't keep standards high, we don't keep um, the patients safe, uh, there's a possibility that this job market will go away for well, all
0: nurses. That's a very real, real possibility. And that was a big right. reason why we got involved with the the TMB 193.17, the, the lawsuit that we did, and because they have done that in Florida and they're trying to trying to do that in other states. I mean let's let's talk about your practice specifically because okay. because I I do know this. You have an incredible practice and when I say incredible in many different facets. Number 1, you have an extremely loyal clientele. Number 2, if you're not an established client, it takes a while to become an established client. Yes, and, ma'am. Yeah, and so Um, I know you probably don't want to give away all of your secrets. However, I think that it would be helpful for our audience to know, you know, what would be the minimal that they should expect regarding, you know, customer service, regarding um, consultation, understanding what's happening with them, understanding what may happen post-treatment, and, and, you know, what kind of follow-up should they expect from either their healthcare provider, the office, or the actual nurse? Or-
1: I think those are all great, great questions. So I'm going to kind of break them down and try to answer each of them individually. So, you know, first things first, when you, I, I think whoever's answering your phone is one of the, I, I think you're only as good as whoever is answering your phone. Oh, that so is if, so
0: true. That is so if, true. Like
1: I, I personally think they're they're almost more important than
0: who's holding your needle. (laughs) In some cases, it could be. But but (laughs) but like,
1: um, you know, your ancillary staff can make or break you. And they either make the patient have a wonderful experience or the patient can have a not wonderful experience. So I love my staff. Um, We've worked really hard at our policies, our procedures, our standing orders, um, what they say when they answer the phone. I'm a big believer in, that when your staff first comes on board with you, that they need to just be in the room with you listening and uh, hearing
0: what you have to say and knowing your philosophy. Oh, my gosh. You and I, we haven't talked about this in advance, yeah, but, but you are so oh, it, it, on point. Like, yeah. we are one mind right here. Yeah, one mind.
1: How are you going to set them at your front office and, you know, tell you can't, how are you going to tell them what to say? So a lot of people think it's a waste of money because they're not really generating any income for you while they're standing in your room. Oh,
0: yes, they are. But <laughs> oh, they yes, are. they are. Yeah, but they
1: are. They're going to generate that income later. And and all the time that they spend in your room listening to you and listening about your philosophies and listening to what you say and what you would For that client is, in my opinion, more important for long term. So that's the first thing that I do with any new staff that comes into my office um, because I want them to care about the, the patient's experience just as much as I do. I also want them to get to know the patients. You know, the more that that your ancillary staff knows your patients, um, they can be, they can answer a lot of the questions. They can take care of a lot of things. Um, as long as you, as long as they know what they're, what they can and cannot do based on their, you know, scope of practice. But, um, having good ancillary staff, uh,
0: hands down, one of the best things that you can do yeah. for your practice. Having, so then, well, moving and, and, and to kind of, to, to kind of recap that, to have great ancillary staff that is fully and completely educated and on the same page that you are. Yes. I yeah. think everybody should be definitely
1: drinking the same Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everybody has to drink the Kool-Aid or the sweet tea. We're in Texas, so let's, let's drink
0: <laughs> tea. I, I kind of like half and half because sweet tea is a little too much for me.
1: <laughs> or if you're in my office, champagne. Everybody, you know, let's all drink the same kind of champagne. So, um For me, uh, it's all about your ancillary staff also knowing how to play the game. So, you know, in my office, you know, we book two patients at the same time. One is going to get Botox and filler. The other one is just going to get neurotoxins or Botox. Uh, So, therefore, I can get two patients done, you know, in the span that it would have taken me to just do one. And I think a lot of practices do that. Yeah. But it's it's little things like that that are going to that are going to add up to a, you know, a good office. So then the next thing that happens, uh, since I haven't, uh, I've got to pass my boards before I can, um, uh, practice as a nurse practitioner. So right now in my office, we still have to have a physician or a mid-level practitioner, uh, seeing the patient before I do. Right. Uh, so that's the next step in their process is, you know, calling into the office, getting their appointment, they come in, you know, they fill out all their paperwork and then they go in for an assessment diagnosis and a formulation of a treatment plan with a physician or a mid-level practitioner. Once that is done, I get to follow standing orders and based on those standing orders and policies and procedures, then I am able to um, kind of get down to the nitty gritty of what we're going to do on the patient's face that day, whether it's a neurotoxin, whether it's a dermal filler. um, And we can kind of go more in depth into all of that. Uh, and kind of decide what the patient is going to uh, purchase that day
0: yeah excellent right. and, and and i think a lot of people think that because you're in a physician office that the physician still doesn't need to really be involved yeah and i but
1: yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's the law. I mean, you know, unfortunately that's where we are, uh, you know, right now. And um, so, you know, you just have to make sure, and you have to make sure that your the office that you choose to do your injections is d- doing everything correctly. I think that's very important. So I think one of the ways that sets our office apart, maybe from other offices uh, since you asked uh, why my injectable practice is so busy I actually think it's the time uh, that I that we spend with the patient as a whole, the office as a whole, the ancillary staff, the mid-level practitioner, and me as the nurse injector. You know, we it pretty much takes a whole hour for us to get a new client in and out of our office. And the reason why is we're actually spending a lot of time um, formulating a treatment plan for that particular client. There is no cookie cutter. There is no, we're going to put 40 units in no matter whether you need it or not. Uh, there is no, we put two syringes in somebody the first time that particular patient is going to, uh, get a, a, a treatment plan that is directed for their face yeah, and their face alone. Right. So, I think they really appreciate that when they leave. Uh, most patients uh, that have been to other offices will tell me that their first neur- neurotoxin appointment took five minutes. Oh yeah,
0: you know I, I get that all the time and 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 I'm you are you've been in the the place that you are. How long have you been there? Um,
1: I've been in the South Lake area for since 2010.
0: Okay, so you've been there a while in the same office.
1: Yeah, yes. Most of my patients have been with me for almost ten years now.
0: Yeah, but you've been in the same. I guess you've been in maybe two or three offices, but each (laughs) time you've been there more than three years apiece, right? So yes. And I'm I'm kind of right now. I'm a little bit more of a of a um, not not a traveling injector, but a kind of a short term contractor. You're a carny injector. (laughs) <laughs> did, did, you did, I don't know if you heard what Sarah said, because she's across the room with her microphone. She said, I'm a carny injector. She's <laughs> on the road. No, no, I'm not a carny injector. But the thing is, though, I go into some of these offices, and they have been used to having nurse injectors that they only needed for a short interim time, and they literally we'll book them for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And when I started telling them I wanted 30 minutes with the first patient and that really I needed an hour, but I would be willing to do 30 minutes with the first patient, I'm telling you, some of these people just, they they couldn't understand it. It was it was like pulling teeth. It was difficult. And now, you know, a year into it at one of these offices, they, I, I told them you have to let 90 to 120 days pass and you have to have clients that are, I'm seeing the first time you have to let them come back a second time. And, and so they did. And now it's almost a year later and they're understanding that there's a huge difference when you create that trust with those clients and that, that trust stems from exactly what you're talking about, which it boils down to what this podcast is about is education and information to the people coming into your office because you're dealing with their face why people are not taking longer than at least 30 minutes to understand exactly what you're going to be doing to their face just really boggles my mind
1: no i totally agree trust and confidence is um the foundation of all of my relationships with my patients um you know there, we all know that uh, a med spa is a dime a dozen these days. There's no. one on every corner. Yeah. So how do you build loyalty into your practice? Oh, right? do
0: you Groupon. Don't you do a lot of Grouponing? No, I never <laughs> Groupon. I've never group You on never Groupon? Ever. Are you kidding me? Not once. Oh, Sonia, you're missing out.
1: No, I, I, you know, and you know, people ask me to do house parties. Um, you know, I get a lot of, you know, if, if I bring in 10 friends, will you give us all a discount? And, you know, this is a time for, for us to sit down and educate the client and and let them know why. Uh, we don't do these things and why we hold the practice to yeah. a higher standard of care.
0: That group um, on promotion that it was, a, it was a joke, it by the way. And it is yeah. a
1: medication and that paying a little bit extra for somebody's expertise is worth it in the end. You know, when people ask me to do a house party, you know, I have to explain to them uh, why I don't think that they are viable in our marketplace. Um, you know, you would need all of the emergency medical equipment. You would still need a mid-level practice practitioner or a a physician uh you know screening and clearing all of those patients yeah and then they're and then they're wanting a discount
0: well this is so this is my position on that so yeah in case the listener didn't catch i was a little tongue-in-cheek a little sarcasm on that groupon comment telling sonia she's missing out because believe me we're not missing out on grouponers but um you know i mean i know like Consumers love Groupon because that's like the bomb. I understand.
1: Listen, I I have to meet the patient where they're at, and, and it's normally their wallet. And so I always, I can completely... Uh, sympathize with their wallet and I understand why they're wanting the Groupon I understand why they want to do the house party I understand why they want to get the discounted uh, neurotoxin but when I when I explain to them do you know who's putting this medication in your face? Like, yeah. did they go to yeah. school? Um, ok so there's that Now, do these people have liability insurance? So if something happens to your face while you're at one of these parties, um, do they have insurance that is going to cover any complication that you might have?
0: Well, and the thing is, the thing is,
1: who's their medical director? You know, my husband's a physician. He literally could call Allergan up the next day and, you know, or any of the companies, I'm sure, and open an account and start injecting the next day.
0: Yeah. Um, well, well the, the one thing, though, that um, – so we we do differ a little bit, but I think it's more because you don't have as much time. And I think that, like, when you're in your office, you're in your office, and when you're out of your office, you're you're not working and you're out of your office. I I don't like to call them Botox parties. So I don't have Botox parties, but I do – I will do concierge Botox, and I will do, like, a small event. However – It's only going to be the neuromodulator, the neurotoxin. I will not do fillers. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, they do have to have their good faith exam with either a physician or a mid-level and that can be taken care of before the event or it can be taken care of at the event in a separate room because i do yes, i as do as have to as long as getting, comply with as hipaa long as it's getting
1: done legally I, yeah. I, I don't care but this is why i, tell but I, you, I don't give sort of discounts
0: patients. i don't give discounts because right. i'm i'm now spending my mileage and gas and i'm i'm kind of going above and beyond and that's great if you have multiple people there, but I'm not a discount house, so you know, because they're still getting the same great skill, the same great knowledge, the the the, the same great product. You know, I'm not gonna have a a a, um, a discount product or like a counterfeit product. You know, so yeah. Right. I think
1: it's all about the relationship. You know, bad things can happen, and. Where are you going? Are those people going to stand behind you? If if, if you get a complication, are they going to stand beside you? And are you going to be able to t- get a hold of them? Um, you know, and are they going to take care of you, it, it, you know, if it does happen?
0: And the thing is, you know, even, even people who you would think or you would hope know better can still be bamboozled. You know, there's, I'm not going to name them, but, you know, there are some celebrities that, have had things happen to them that shouldn't have, and one of them was at a Botox party, and, and the person that had the party, apparently the physician, supposed physician that was there, was not an actual physician, and he was, you know, putting product, and this happened about 15 years ago, a long time ago, but, you know, it people just have to, they have to do their due diligence and stuff like that, so, I mean, yes, and and I so appreciate those of us that, Really care about the public because that's what it boils down to. It's all about patient safety. It's about public safety, and um, and things like that. Now, do you do um, a lot of do you do a lot of social media posting where you know you're like I, doing it, injecting? it's
1: hard for me. I'm really glad that you're asking this question. So I went to, I always try to go to about two conferences a year. So last yeah. year I went to AS, and then I always, always try to go to I-SPAN yeah. um, as, as I do think it's one of the best uh, conferences that we should all be going to as aesthetic injectors, um, mainly so that we can all get certified and band together and have one organization that can work for us together. If we want to, if we want to be political at all in the future, we're going to all have to come together under one platform. And so I can't think of a better platform than ISPAN. Right. Um, because it, it handles all plastic surgery and all aesthetic, uh, nurses. So love ISPAN. Um, and at both conferences and it was, Pretty much it's shoved down your throat these days that your business is not going to be viable um, in the future if you do not do social media. And I have to say, I agree with them. You know, all of our future clientele um, or patients are, are going to get their um, information from social media. That's what all the trends are saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I started, that's when I started. I did not have any business social media accounts before then. And as I said, I mean, I, I'm not saying this to, you know, brag or anything, but like I, it takes me six months to take a new client right now, so it just wasn't really in my wheelhouse yet to put myself out there and it takes a lot of time and it's a lot of energy, um, to make that content. But yes, I've been doing it for about a year and a half now and I do enjoy it. I've actually enjoyed the most is, uh, kind of getting to see more of my other aesthetic injectors. So that's always fun to, yeah. get to see them on social media and yeah. get to see other people's work and comment and like and share. And then also it's a way for us to reach out to our future patients or our existing patients. Um, and to educate them. So I'm liking it, but it's, it's been, it's hard. You know, you're an influencer in your area and you're an influencer on social media. And, you know, I don't know about you, but a a show like the doctors can come on and I'm going to get texts that night. And so it's kind of a nice way to have a big platform that you can share that content. If you answer a question for one patient, you can answer it for two thousand
0: patients. Yeah, you know, I, I, agree. yeah I agree. Yeah, I agree. Nice. I just I you am know, a what, big believer. I am a big believer in being careful on on what we do, post and thing. Is and as you know, you and I both are also part of these different um nurse injector groups you know they're they're private groups or they're closed groups for nurse injectors supposedly
1: private yeah I think we've been having (laughs) some issues some of us have been having issues with that as well but like this is the future and we're gonna have to learn how to navigate it yeah but some of
0: these people are not paying attention to like HIPAA and things like that and that's that's just one of the dangers so although this this platform you know this podcast is geared for the majority of, of a patient or a future client, but it's also geared for injectors in that, you know, we need to remind them, we need to remind ourselves that we're watching our P's and Q's because even though somebody has signed, you know, a, a photo release, that is, right. that is different than HIPAA. So your HIPAA needs to match your photo release. And then on top of that, you know, so when I was, the chairman for the clinical practice committee for Ispan, uh, I guess two years ago, we we did the um, we did the distractions in the OR um, po- uh, position statement, and so that started out being more of a social media position statement, but then um, AORN and I can't remember it. It's A A O R N, which is basically the OR nurses. Um, yes, yeah. yes, I'm,
1: I'm a familiar. I, was, I circulated the OR. I never got my certification at it, but um, yes, I'm familiar with the organization.
0: Yeah, so, you know, they were also working on the same thing, and, and they had a brilliant idea, and they basically just kind of wrapped it up all in one as distractions in the OR. So, you know, I mean, the OR is different than being in an aesthetic setting however it's different but yet it's not different there's still lots of things to pay attention to but you know like you said that that's going to be a part of our future but we also you know we we can't treat it like it's the wild west we have to um we have to use our heads and i also think that patients if if patients don't want to be a part of it it's okay to say no i think that sometimes um I think sometimes people are kind of looking for their 15 seconds of fame, but... Um um, is, you, you know
1: what? It's been really hard for me. I, you know, everybody's like, why don't you have more content or more before and afters? And I'm going to tell you, I think it's I'm because in, you're
0: doing it the right way. I think yeah, all these other said, people are I, just putting it up there not asking the patient. Yeah.
1: I tell the, I tell the patients exactly what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, we have all the paperwork. We have all the forms. Um, I, I actually usually send them the post, uh, to approve before it even goes up. And so it's a lot of work for me to post a before and after picture. Um, um, and I'm in a very um, what you even though I'm in a bustling a, a bustling uh, metroplex, I'm in what people would consider a small town. You know, we all know right. each other, right. and so you know, I think that's the other thing is people are scared that somebody's going to know that that's their nose or that's their chin or,
0: you know, like, so, uh, they really do. Even, even if if you block the eyes out, but
1: it is the future of, of what we're doing. And of course, patients that are going to come to you want to see your work. And so, um, that's for these patients that are listening to this podcast, you know, uh, kind of remember that when it's, when your injector asks you if they can use your before and after pictures, would you have gone to that injector if you weren't able to see the their work yeah so you know, that's not a, that's not a mean muscling you to make you do it. It's just, you have to think about that as, us as, 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 injectors, you know, we kind of have to show our work uh, in order to garner, um, the yeah. accolades from new patients or, or existing patients. Um, I've seen some of the best injectors in the world have really bad Instagram pages. I mean, you go to mine and I'm kind of just a hot mess because I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. And, um, the this- I've only been doing it for a year and um you know I'm not the most social media savvy but I just I put out what I think is uh, good for the patients to see um and it is what it is you know hopefully through the years I'll get a little bit better at it but I've seen some of the best injectors in the world not have those really pristine uh you know put together you know gram pages like and then I've seen some of the best gram pages I know who that injector is and I'm just like, okay, you know, and it looks really good. It's a patient. It would make me want to go in, but yes, you, you should always have a consultation. In my opinion, your first consultation should always be free. I know that some people charge for it still to this day, even though I'm booked out, uh, you know, six months in advance, I still do a free consultation. That patient yes, can I get agree. an hour with me, an hour. a whole hour of my time. I could do four to five neurotoxin injections in that amount of time. I, I I mean, I could make quite a bit of money in that amount of time. I'm investing in you is what I tell the patient, you know, I'm investing in you. I'm investing in our relationship and I am, willing to give that time to build that, uh, because I think it's the most important step of the process. So even if they decide to do nothing, I've had patients through the years, maybe five times in my my years of practice, where they've said, you know what, I'm not going to do anything today. I just need to go home and I need to think about that. And you know what? I let them go. I don't charge them a fee. I don't, you know, it is what it is. I mean, some uh, people so just think,
0: need time to soak on it, you know, or, right. you know, just kind of, and, and like I said, if if they're being smart and they're visiting, you know, a couple of different offices to kind of see who they gel with or who they jam with, I mean, that's totally, totally acceptable. And I, and I let people know that too. I, I always tell them. I've created the time if you would like to do something today. We you know, it depending on what you would like or what you're considering or what our consultation is, we may not be able to do everything, but there is time to do something if you'd like to walk out with something. If not, that's okay. There's no pressure. You know, if this is a fact-finding mission for you, that's great. I definitely encourage that. So, yeah, I agree. It's just, you know, it, it yes. you have to I always tell people that I'm training and teaching, you have to meet the Client, the potential patient, where they are. You can't right. force them into being where you want them to be. You're, right. you're not doing anyone a service by doing that. So, well, well then,
1: I, I'm the same way that you. I, I usually leave enough to, uh, time for a treatment that day if they want, and then I tell them you're going to need to go ahead and pre-book your next appointment. That's one thing uh, that the patients should be looking for is yes. you know injector that wants to get you back in and is giving you a, a time period and a treatment plan and they're not just leaving you hanging. Every single time a patient comes in, we are discussing what we're going to do the next time. Uh, am I going to hold their feet to the fire? No. Everything that we decide is always malleable, but if you pre-book, uh, the chances of us being successful through the years is is better. Oh, so- Absolutely. And, and I tell the patients, even first-time patients, I'm like, go ahead and pre-book. Even if you hate what I did today, all it is is you calling up and canceling. But if, you're, if you love what I did today, then that means that our next step is already mapped out. So that's just better for them. You know, I'm also on call. 24 hours a day, yeah, seven I, days I, a week, I noticed 365 that. days a year. I
0: noticed that in some of your notes, and I'm I'm just going to say right now, you know, more power to you, girl, because I'm uh, not. Yeah, that I'm is not. not
1: for everybody, <laughs> and I know, and I don't fault injectors when they don't do this. So patients should not expect this. Um, it is just something that I do in my own practice um, because I want to always be available in case something is happening, you know, with the patient. So well, I'm
0: totally I mean. available if I have. Worked worked on somebody that day I am completely 100% available to them for the next 36 hours but if it's just like a random question or they want me you know I don't know if you take your own appointments, but my appointments have to I go through, right? My appointments have to go through the office and yeah. they're not scheduled with me personally. So things like that, that's what I'm not available for. But yes, absolutely. When I've worked on somebody, and I also, I don't know about you, but I'll just put this out there and then we've got to wrap up because we've covered a lot. This has been fantastic. I know, this it's is been easy. fun. We should just do this every week. Oh, it would be so fun. <laughs> but um, one Thank of the things, know. I kind of have a couple of cardinal rules. I mean, number one, Botox, that's kind of, uh, I mean, it's simple, but it's not simple. But as far as simple, as far as um, you know, adverse events or things like that, that's pretty simple. So I don't have any major rules for that, except just don't be taking a lot of, you know, blood thinners, and don't be, don't go drink a bottle of wine that night, etc. Yada yada yada. But when I do fillers on people, I I will not do fillers on somebody. Either I'm leaving town within the next 24 hours or they are leaving town in the next 24 hours. We have to be accessible to each other. You know,
1: we, we always make sure that all of our clients leave with pre and post treatment instructions, even before they've had any of the procedures done, we give those to them to read through just to make sure before we touch them with a needle that they know what is doable and what is not doable in the next 24 to 48 hours. Right. And then the other, you know, the other thing that I try to educate them on while they're in my office is don't jump around. You know, the best, you know, you have to give an injector some time uh, to to get to know your face. It's like we have to introduce ourselves to you and your personality, and then we have to introduce ourselves to your face. And um, so I usually tell everybody, if you're not happy with me uh, within a year, you can, Absolutely, fire me! Uh, but things did not happen overnight, and so we're not going to fix them overnight. Yeah. So if they can, it, it, you know. The, the my advice to patients is don't jump around. You know, find your injector. It's like finding your hairdresser. You know, and let them have some time with your face. That's where you're going to get your your best results. Yeah, and,
0: and I I also yeah. I also encourage people. You know, if you're a brand new client, I don't have x ray eyes. I'm pretty good at reading your muscle movement, but sometimes I can be a little bit wrong. And so, you know, you end up with a little bit higher brow or whatever. That, I don't think people understand that's very, very common until your injector gets to know you. And it's very, very simple to take care of. So I tell people there's about 98. 98.5% point five percent of anything that you're not happy with, or maybe you're just a little, you know, something that irritates you a little bit, about 98.5% of the time, I can usually correct it or fix it, And if I can't, I'm going to tell you, I'll just be straight up with you, but I go very conservative and I would rather add more, whether it's Botox or fillers, I'd rather add more because once we put it in there, it's it's hard to take out. So you're, you're very correct. You know, people have to, people need to kind of, it's kind of a warranty thing. It's like, if you're not happy with it, give me an opportunity to fix it. (laughs) Because usually I can. We have a
1: free touch up policy for just neurotoxin in our office. Oh yeah. Normally, normally it's no more than four units. If if I have to fix it with more than four units, we did something really bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So uh, now filler. Normally, if a patient isn't happy with filler, it is normally that they just want more, and so we do not have a touch up policy for filler. But um, you know, unless there's a you know a nodule or a bump or uh, something of that nature. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that you know, it is our job to read the patient's face, and it is our job to notice little discrepancies. But nobody's you know nobody's perfect, and we've got to introduce ourselves to your face. So it's it's just about working on that relationship and that trust and that confidence. And then it's also us as nurses not getting complacent with the patients that we do have. Oh, absolutely. You know, every single time that patient gets on my table, um, I try to work as hard as I did the first day I met them.
0: I, I absolutely agree. Totally. Right. So before we, we're going to kind of wrap up here. Before we wrap up, I want to make sure that if people want to follow you or possibly even get in touch with you, that they, that they know how they can do that.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Um, right now, I am on all social media platforms. It will either be Sonia Ellis, S O N Y A E L L I S, or it will be Aesthetics by Sonia. Uh, those are the two ways. So I think it's Facebook, Business, I have Twitter, I have Instagram, Snapchat, and LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. Are all of my ones that I follow. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for joining oh, really us today on this it, podcast. This has been fun. It has been awesome. So you guys make sure to go check out Sonia on her social media. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Aesthetic and RN on Facebook and Instagram. And shoot us an email if you have any topics you want us to cover, or if you want, if you have any questions or anything for us or for Sonia. So we hope you guys are having a wonderful, fabulous day. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this with your friends and people that you know. It helps the show out so much. And please uh, subscribe. Spread the word. <laughs> subscribe because we want to help educate and inform and empower you guys. So, anyways, have
0: a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. All right, bye, bye, guys. Bye, guys.